Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. All right, let's see here. Today is 22 March. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see here. I got a few things to announce before we get into our first category. The first is um, I'm going to be making an announcement about the Susan B. Anthony list. So if it's something that interests you working from home and making some money and you're in Florida, uh, get a pencil and a piece of paper ready and I will go ahead and give you that information before we finish the update today, just so that you're aware of that. You can work from home. You can make money in the process. So I'll, like I say, I'll mention that a little bit later. Um, last week, John Holler did a great prophecy update, and he called it convergency. He took two words, and he put them together, and that was the name of it. And so uh, to beat him this week, I'm calling ours Coronamonium. So there you go. That's the uh, title of our prophecy update. And... Uh, I want to say something. I, you know, this is one of those things that uh, I, I just have really struggled over the past few days because people have sent gifts to this ministry. You know, all along, people help us out and it keeps us going. Um, but in the past week or so, I've gotten a couple of gifts in the mail and I, I am reticent to even cash them. And the reason why is because all of a sudden we have this giant crisis on our, our uh, borders and people are going to need their money to take care of their lives. And so I would tell everybody that does help this church that there is no need at this time to do that. It's appreciated always. But right now, Hidako is working. She has not uh, lost her job. She's a nurse, and she's going to continue to work as long as she's healthy. And you may have needs that arise before this crisis is over that uh, are things that you may not have anticipated. And so if you have given a gift in the past week and you see that it has not yet been cashed and you think you might need that money, send me an email and I will make sure that I don't cash that. And also, if you uh, take care of this ministry, as I said, it's always appreciated, but I don't want people to extend themselves and harm themselves. My wife and I will be fine and the church will be fine through this. So please consider that and just know that uh, my heart is in this. It's not something that uh, I would say otherwise, and so just understand that. Um, and then I have something to say about the coronavirus. I'll talk about it more and more as we get through this particular update, but I do mission work every single Saturday with several people, and one of them is a person that has a factory in China, okay? His name is Rick. He, uh, his factory was shut down for the coronavirus scare over there. And he said yesterday, as we were walking around ministering to people, that his factory is back up in full production. It's not just part production, it's in full production. China is making money, their stock market is going up, they have no new cases, the rest of the world is saying that's not possible, it is possible. It's more than possible because this is something that has been engineered by people in this world to scare other people, all right? Rick's factory is a perfect example of this. He makes raincoats. For Disney World, it's not a high priority business there, and yet he is making raincoats at 100% for all of the Disney Worlds in the world, and he does them for other sporting events, etc. So, 
that's my first comment of many comments coming up on the coronavirus is that what we are being told we are being led down a primrose path. And I've said this since the very beginning of this thing. This is months ago. Before anybody even talked about the coronavirus, I was saying several key issues about this. The first time that it was mentioned in any large way in America was the week that our president passed the uh, USMC, the uh, MCA, the uh, thing between Canada and Mexico and the United States. And at the same time, he was exonerated for his impeachment. And that was quite some time ago. And I said that this is a complete side issue to harm our president. He is working on and has already had some uh, things worked out with the Chinese. No president in our history has ever done this. They've said they were going to deal with the Chinese. They have not. And the Chinese, I said this, that the Chinese people can take a couple of months of economic problems in order for this to not go through and to get another president in that will be sympathetic to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said this and people have dismissed me. They've said that I'm not taking this virus seriously. I am taking it seriously and I will take it seriously when the numbers reflect what is going on in the world. And they do not. And I'll have all the numbers as I have every single week for the past several months. So I said this and I still stand by this. China is benefiting off of our falling in our nation right now. Everything that our president has worked for, the stock market that he got all the way up is completely erased, exactly as they have wanted it to be. So that's my, not an opinion, those are facts. Everything I just said is a fact. So we're going to go ahead and give our first category, as always, is Israel. And fortunately, I found a few articles that do not deal with coronavirus. There are very few out there, but I'll get you those. But before I give you our first article, I will say that Sergio and Rhoda in Israel have continued to make videos during their season off. You know, they do a production set of videos and then they take a holiday from that. But during that time, they have made live stream videos. They did one just this past week in Nazareth showing how completely dead Nazareth is. There's nobody on the streets and they were able to walk around and it's a great video. So if you go to Sergio and Rhoda in Israel, you can watch all of their live streams and they're very interesting. They're not the same qualities as regular production videos, but I would encourage you to go see them. Okay, our first article is from the Jerusalem Post. Israel advances plans for West Bank sovereignty road to bypass E1 area. The defense minister has green-lighted planning for what it called a sovereignty road that would allow Palestinian traffic to bypass Israeli settlements in the E1 area of the West Bank. As part of his re-election campaign, Netanyahu last month agreed to advance plans for 3,500 new homes in an unbuilt area of the Ma'ale Adumim settlement known as E1. We've already reported on that part of it. To make the project tenable for area Palestinians, roads are needed that would allow them to bypass that area so that they could have continuous travel between their communities. The overall transportation project has been called the Fabric of Life Road. Bennett, Naftali Bennett, has now pushed forward with a road that would link the Palestinian village of Azim outside of Jerusalem with the neighboring villages and towns of Anata, Hizmeh, and Aram. In his announcement to the media, the defense minister explained that this would be a separate road for Palestinians in the E1 area, which would allow for vehicles with Palestinian license plates to move on a separate route from those with Israeli license plates so that they would not have to cross inside the Ma'ale Adumim block. 
Bennett said that today we are giving a green light to the Sovereignty Road and embarking on the process of connecting Jerusalem with Ma'ale Adumim. The project will improve the quality of life for the residents in the area, avoid unnecessary friction with the Palestinian population, and most importantly, allow for continued settlement construction. Peace Now, a bunch of lefties, said it was disingenuous for the defense ministry to speak of improving life for the Palestinians when its sole concern was settlement expansion. Palestinians and the international community have opposed the E1 project. They have argued that it destroys any possibility of a contiguous Palestinian state and thus makes such a state untenable. Well, it's not untenable. If they have roads that connect each other, it can be done. From NPR, Gantz chosen to form government. Netanyahu argues to stay prime minister over coronavirus effects. We're going to see more of this next week. Probably something happened in the politics this morning, which I'm not going to include in the update. In a setback for Prime Minister Netanyahu, Israel's president said he will give a centrist retired army general, Benny Gantz, the first chance to try to form a new government following this month's inconclusive elections. Gantz was tapped after a majority of 61 lawmakers in the 120-member parliament told President Rivlin they supported Gantz over Netanyahu. A coalition of Arab parties, including a staunchly Palestinian nationalist faction, decisively helped tip the scales by unanimously endorsing Gantz. This does not mean that Gantz will automatically become Israel's next prime minister, but it gives him 42 days to try to form a government. I'll stop the article there. I'm not going to read any more because, as I said, things have changed because of this coronavirus uh, outbreak. It's something that uh, hopefully they will have solidified by next week and we'll be able to report on it. But we'll go on to the next article, Times of Israel. Plague of locusts to descend upon the Middle East in time for Passover. A plague of locusts, the likes of which have been unseen for over 30 years, is about to hit Africa and the Mideast. It's already been hitting Africa, if you know from the previous updates. Adding to the perfect biblical storm, the current coronavirus pandemic is affecting travel of international experts and in-country gatherings for a training to combat the locust thread, said Rome-based senior locust forecasting officer Keith Cressman. Cressman works at Locust Watch, a division of the UN's Food and Agricultural Organization, which gives emergency assistance to countries facing desert locust invasions and constantly monitors the status of potential infestations. According to the organization's most recent forecast report, there are new extremely alarming swarms forming in the Horn of Africa. The desert locust is the most destructive migratory pest in the world, according to the Locust Watch website. When the highly mobile swarms of desert locusts form, they are ravenous eaters who consume their own weight per day, targeting food crops and forage. While one locust may not seem a major fresher, that's an eater in Yiddish, the swarms can grow to millions of individuals with the capacity to consume the same amount of food in one day as 35,000 people. The current widespread breeding in Kenya, Ethiopia, and Somalia represents an unprecedented threat to food security and livelihoods at the beginning of the upcoming cropping season. So we'll see where that goes. We know that they've been hit very hard in uh, Africa, but could be into the Middle East as well, getting into Israel or other countries there. 35,000 people worth of food in a single day, and they can just go on and on. As the Bible says, they march in ranks, okay? Um, my friend Sergio in Israel, who's monitoring our live streaming right now, uh, sent me a video 
a couple days ago. I was sitting there typing, and uh, it was in Hebrew, and so he translated it for me. This is translated by him. The video I sent above is a Nobel winner, chemist, doctor, and who says, in 2012, Italy had 25,000 deaths from the flu. This current virus killed a couple of thousands. It's going up and it's still not anywhere near 25,000. In Israel, the virus has 400 cases. And if the death rate is 5%, like in Italy, why no one has died yet, stop scaring people with the novelty of this virus. I'd be surprised if more than 10, max 100, died in Israel. Then the host asked, did you tell this to the prime minister? To which he replied, yes. I spoke with him yesterday and gave him my report. So he has told the prime minister this, and yet the prime minister is able to stay in power now because of this sudden coronavirus, and they've got the entire country locked down where nobody can leave their house, okay? So you can see that there's always an agenda behind everything that happens, but this is a Nobel Prize winner. He's a chemist, he's a doctor, and he has analyzed the situation in Italy, and he's also analyzed what's going on in Israel, and he doesn't seem to see the sense in what's going on. I'll talk about Italy more later. From Breaking Israel News, this came out a couple days ago, Torah scholar makes bold prophecy. No Israelis will die from coronavirus. Well, one died two days ago, and so I posted at the bottom of that particular article this morning, I said, it's, if he wants to be living by the Torah, then he needs to die by the Torah, because the Torah says that if you make a false prophecy in Deuteronomy 13.5, I believe it is, you take him out and you get rid of them. So we'll see if they actually follow through with that because this person has made a false prophecy. But thank goodness for the grace of Jesus Christ and we are not under the Torah. We are under the grace of Jesus Christ who fulfilled the Torah on behalf of us as we will continue to see in our sermon today. From Christian News, I would like to congratulate Leonora from South Africa. She emailed me this week, and she said she has finished all of the Genesis sermons. Now, this is becoming more common, but it's still, every time I see it, it is amazing because it is a giant number of sermons that we did in Genesis. I think it's like 147 or something, and she sat down and watched them all, so congratulations to her. And then I have uh, Isaac, who we support over in Uganda, and a lot of you have given money to build the school over there, which he has all the money he needs right now to finish up that particular project, and he did a short video for me on the school project because he wants people to know that he's not fooling around over there. They're currently flooded. They can't get trucks in there. He's got a video uh, of that showing that you know they're just having a tough time getting into that area, and so if you want that video... You can email me, and I will send you a copy of it. Uh, currently, all is flooded, and work is in waiting. Okay, so I can forward that to you if you want, but keep them in prayer. Isaac does a marvelous job over there. He takes care of numerous people. He's a real staunch servant of the Lord, and now he's having this trouble getting that school finished. So there you go. From the Christian Institute, U.S. Bishop Disciplined. This just breaks my heart for maintaining biblical stance on marriage. Yes, he's being disciplined for it. The U.S. Episcopal Church, which I'm sure had its lampstand yanked a long time ago, is disciplining one of its bishops because he upholds the biblical position on sex and marriage. The Bishop of Albany, William Love, has been accused of violating canon law. And forget this, forget the Bible, where all doctrine should come from. They have their own little canons, and they've written a canon which says 
what they wanted to say. He has violated canon law by showing unwillingness to abide by Resolution B-012, which stipulates that bishops must permit same-sex weddings to take place in their diocese. The resolution introduced in 2018 says that if a bishop disagrees with same-sex marriage and does not wish to participate, they must invite another bishop to do so instead. When the resolution was passed, Bishop Love responded with a pastoral letter saying same-sex unions are in direct conflict and contradiction to God's intent for the sacrament of marriage. He added that permitting same-sex marriage does a great disservice and injustice to same-sex attracted Christians, as it leads them to believe God gives his blessing to the sharing of sexual intimacy within a same-sex relationship. A disciplinary hearing could result in the termination of his ministry altogether. And I would say, so what? If he gets terminated for the cause of Jesus Christ and doing what's right according to what the Bible says, more power to him. From AP News, Pope goes on a Roman walkabout, prays for an end to the pandemic. Pope Francis left the Vatican to make a surprise visit to two churches in Rome to pray for the end of the coronavirus pandemic, a move that came even as Italian health authorities insisted people stay home as much as possible to limit contagion in the heart of Europe's outbreak. He headed first to a Rome basilica, St. Mary Maior. There he prayed before an icon of the Virgin Mary, dedicated to the salvation of the Roman people, so they're trusting in Mary to save them got news for him, it ain't going to work, okay? After that, he then ducked into a church that most tourists pass by, St. Marcel on the Corso. The church keeps a miraculous crucifix that in 1522 was carried in procession through the neighborhoods of the city so that the great plague of Rome ended, okay? So they're putting their trust in idols, and they're also praying to Mary, and neither one of those is going to have any effect. It's not going to reach the Lord's ear unless you go through the Lord Jesus, who is the one mediator between God and man. From the Times of Israel, across face, religious rules bent as coronavirus alters worship in the United States. Well, religious rules can be bent, but you can't bend biblical doctrine. So we want to make sure that we keep those two separate and distinct. Across the United States, religious leaders are taking unprecedented steps to shield their congregations from the coronavirus, canceling services, banning large funerals and weddings, and waiving age-old requirements of their faith. As long as they don't wave the Bible, they can do whatever they want. But once they start waving something that is scriptural, they have a problem, okay? From the Christian Post, some good news came out of the uh, coronavirus scare. Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church cancels all worship services due to coronavirus. He is still streaming online, though. From the Jerusalem Post, Roman Catholic Church is closed due to coronavirus. The decree by Cardinal Angelo di Donatus. Pope Francis's vicar for the Roman Archdiocese will remain in effect until at least April 3rd, but they got blowback and New York Post, Rome churches remain open after Catholics rail against Christ in quarantine. So the Catholics attend their services. They wanted to attend. They were told they can't and they there was an upheaval and so the people in Rome are attending services. And then from time, the Mormon church cancels all worship services worldwide during coronavirus pandemic. So some more good news there. And I'm sure most of you saw it. If you don't, uh, didn't, uh, what's his name? Moroni or Mor yeah, Moron, Morani. He uh, is up on the top of their uh, church in Salt Lake City and he's blowing a trumpet and he lost his little trumpet during the earthquake. So there you go with that. New York Daily, televangelist claims to cure coronavirus through television sets. Before I read this article, I would like you to know that you cannot 
cure the coronavirus through a television set. This person should be dismissed and you should not send him your money. Okay, but here we go. One prominent televangelist would like people to believe that coronavirus can be cured through their TV sets, so long as those televisions are tuned into his show. (laughs) Texas-based evangelical preacher Kenneth Copeland, his right hand dripping with ointment, urged believers to put their hands on their screens and be cured of the coronavirus for which there is no known remedy. I'm healed, said Copeland, seeming to imply that he could absorb other people's illnesses through the television then himself be cured of infections with the help of God. By his stripes I was healed, and by his stripes I am healed now. Taking that verse completely out of context. That verse, if you quote that, please don't quote it about healing somebody in a physical sense. Read the verses around it. Everything in the Bible has what's called context, okay? The context is sin. We are healed from sin. Go go to the book of uh, 1 or 2 Peter, wherever it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. But the context has nothing to do with physical healing. Zero, okay? Sin, that's the context of that. So anyway, he says, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil is trying to give me the flu or whatever else kind thing he is trying to do. So there you go. Kenneth Copeland, don't send him your money. He's got couple of jet airplanes. He's got a mansion that's like 400 billion square feet. He's worth... Like, what was it, I think, $83 million or something? He's had enough of your money. Just like Jesus. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, from Islam today, Times of Israel. Top Iranian cleric okays buying future Israeli coronavirus vaccine. Oh, boy, see, they're really scared over there. And they know where to go for the answer. A prominent Iranian cleric has said it is permissible to use a future coronavirus vaccine developed by Israel if there is no substitute. The Iranian regime views Israel as a mortal enemy, but Iran has also faced one of the most severe outbreaks of the COVID-19 coronavirus outside its origin and epicenter in China. It is not permissible to buy and sell from Zionists and Israel. Grand Ayatollah Nasser Makarem Shirazi, 93, told the Iranian daily Hamdeli on Wednesday. Unless the treatment is unique and there is no substitute, he added, then this is not an obstacle. The response may reflect a regime in crisis. The outbreak has put an additional strain on a regime already battered by U.S. sanctions and mass riots over the past year over fuel price hikes and other economic pressures. Media reports said Israel's Institute for Biological Research, which operates under the aegis of the Defense Ministry, was closing in on a vaccine for the coronavirus. Later in the day, the Defense Ministry denied any breakthrough has been achieved and said the Institute's efforts will take time to bear fruit. But Iran, who will not buy anything from the Israelis, will have no contact with them at all, will buy their coronavirus cure. So there you go with that. Hello, Miss Garrett. Make sure you sit at least six feet away from any other person in the congregation and don't breathe on anybody. And there's a thermometer to check your temperature before you sit down. There you go. Okay. Um, Al Arabiya, U.S. to keep two carriers in the Gulf to counter Iran proxies. They're doing this despite what's going on. The Pentagon said it would keep two aircraft carrier task forces in the region after carrying out strikes in Iraq on five depots for Iran-supplied rockets. CENTCOM Commander General McKenzie said the two carrier groups would be staying in the region for a sustained period in the wake of a series of attacks on U.S. positions in Iraq by Iranian-backed groups that have ratcheted up tensions with Tehran. He accused Tehran of continuing to support attacks against the United States and coalition forces via its proxies in Iraq. 
To maintain an effective ability to counter such threats, the Pentagon has authorized keeping the two aircraft carriers in the Gulf for the first time since 2012. The two carriers in the region, he said, we have flexibility, capability, and the will to respond to any threat. I think the threat remains high. I think the tensions have actually not gone down, he added. I would caution Iran and its proxies from attempting a response that would endanger U.S. and coalition forces, he added. And they believe that they're actually thinking Iran wants to do more harm during this coronavirus outbreak, not less. So this is why they've got those people there. And it's a smart move on our president's part. From Zero Hedge, Greece erects massive concrete blocks on border to halt migrant wave from Turkey. As the rest of the globe is busy locking down borders amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Turkey has reportedly kept its migrant wave to the EU corridor open, resulting in continued chaos at Greek-Turkey border points as desperate asylum seekers try any way possible to gain EU entry. This now includes not just an ongoing militarized response on the Greek side to keep thousands from crossing illegally, but reportedly now erecting huge concrete blocks at key land crossings. The completely shuttered border crossings with Turkey are beginning to resemble war zones akin to World War I trenches and fortifications. Greece placed five-foot concrete blocks at its Kastanis border crossing with Turkey to stop the entry of asylum seekers. For weeks since Erdogan said he had in an act of retribution aimed at uncooperative EU states opened the gates on hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees from Idlib seeking entry into Europe. The border situation is seen running battles between throngs of migrants and the Greek border guards. Last month, Turkey opened its borders to Europe for asylum seekers accusing the EU of failing to keep its part of a 2016 refugee deal. Now, as I said, taking the fairness to Turkey on one side, Turkey was promised certain things for those million people that are in Turkey that Europe did not want to come up, and Europe did not fulfill its obligation. They did not send the help to Turkey they promised, and so he has every right to be angry, and so him opening the borders is a natural result of that. But Greece has the right to also protect their borders, so putting up these giant concrete blocks is smart on their part. We'll see how this all pans out, but both sides have been disingenuous with this particular issue. I think the European Union has been more so towards Turkey than the opposite way around. I really believe that. I'm not a fan of Erdogan at all, but the EU has not kept its part of the bargain up. From the New York Post, ISIS, isn't this ironic? ISIS tells its terrorists not to travel to Europe for jihad because of Wuhan coronavirus. So don't blow yourself up because you could get killed up there from the virus. I mean, that's just ironic. Yeah, Mongolia, BuzzFeed. Chinese hackers are using the coronavirus to go after Mongolia. Group of hackers based in China has leveraged the coronavirus crisis to attack the public and telecom sectors in Mongolia by impersonating the country's foreign ministry. The attack, which researchers at Checkpoint dubbed Panda 19, faked two documents from the Minister of Foreign Affairs. The documents were disguised as updates on the prevalence of the coronavirus cases in Mongolia, but opening them would infect the target's computer with a tool called Royal Road, which would take over the devices without users' knowledge. It is still unclear why they are targeting these specific organizations, but we know that they were trying to steal documents and to remote control these systems. So China is doing its regular dirty deeds. They do it to us, they do it to the whole world, and they're doing it to their neighbor Mongolia from Daniel 12 Technology today. Zero Hedge. This is just kind of interesting. I cut out my other 
Daniel 12 articles to put this one in. World's most powerful supercomputer tasked with finding COVID-19 cure. Researchers at the Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory have used the world's most powerful supercomputer to identify 77 drug compounds that could lead to scientific breakthroughs to combat COVID-19. The supercomputer dubbed Summit has been tasked to run complex computations across existing databases of drug compounds to see which combinations could thwart COVID-19 from infecting cells. Summit has been able to simulate eight thousand compounds in a matter of days to model which could impact that infection process by binding the virus's spike and have identified 77 small molecule compounds such as medications and natural compounds that have shown the potential to impair COVID-19's ability to dock with and infest host cells read in IBM press release whose technology is present in Summit. Summit was needed to rapidly get the simulation results we needed. It took us a day or two, whereas it would have taken months on a normal computer. Our results don't mean that we have found a cure or a treatment for COVID-19. We are very hopeful, though, that our computational findings will both inform future studies and provide a framework that experimentalists will use to further investigate these compounds. Only then will we know whether any of them exhibit the characteristics needed to mitigate this virus. Smith's team is expected to pass on the findings to others in the scientific community who will then begin to experiment on Summit 77's compounds to see which one is the most effective against COVID-19. Our hope is that by using a database of known compounds, we can greatly reduce the time it takes to make an effective drug publicly available. But there is no guarantee. Once scientists find the right compound, then human testing would likely be next. Trials could take upwards of a year to conduct, suggesting that a vaccine is likely in 2021. As for now, prepare for an exponential rise in virus cases and deaths in the United States. That's their warning. Okay, from Revelation Plagues today, we'll see if that is panned out. Mail online, Denmark and Poland. I want the first few articles. I'm just going to give you the titles and I want you to just tell me what the common denominator is and why it's important. Mail online, Denmark and Poland close their borders to all tourists and coronavirus lockdown with schools, universities, shops and restaurants forced to shut. Mail online, New Zealand brings in the toughest coronavirus restrictions in the world as Jacinda Ardern orders all arrivals to self-isolate for 14 days. Al Arabiya coronavirus. Germany to close borders with France, Austria, Switzerland. Fox, South Africa imposes coronavirus travel restrictions affecting the United States, other hard-hit countries. Reuters, African nations close borders, cancel flights to contain coronavirus spread. The Epic Times, coronavirus live updates, Vietnam to stop issuing visas. The Daily Caller, the European Union will close its borders in response to the coronavirus spread. The European Union will close its borders. They're on the Trump train. They're on the Trump train, and they've been bad-mouthing our president for how long now, saying that he has no right to close his borders. United Nations Mm -hmm. is calling Trump out and saying what a bad person he is for monitoring our borders, and all of a sudden we have all of these hypocrites in the world closing their borders, especially the European Union. The European Union saying that the most hypocritical stand I can think of. And this completely blows away the myth that 
we need to have a one world government and open borders. It completely dispels it. But what they're going to do, they have to spin this when this is over, is they're going to say that actually it doesn't dispel it. We need the one world government to be able to self-isolate countries that or locations that need to be isolated. They will spin this. But the fact is that individual countries were placed in their positions by God. He developed the languages of the world. He sets the borders of the nations according to scripture. And therefore, for us to do this is a violation of his will, opening these borders and having all these things. It's an act against God. And of course, you're going to face these type of things. And these hypocrites are now closing their borders. I had probably 100 articles just like that this week. I just read you maybe six or seven of them. Almost every country in the world has done exactly this when they're saying how bad our president is for the past many, many, many months. All right. We'll go on from there. Um, USA Today, it's not just toilet paper. People line up to buy guns, ammo, over coronavirus concerns. I said something before we started today. We were talking about uh, people that are hoarders and people that are preppers. And there's a world of difference between the two. Preppers are people that prepare for emergencies. They are wise and they are using wisdom. They save their money and they buy things that they feel they will need for a crisis. Okay? I will tell you about one of our preppers in this world right now. Her name is Chris. I won't say any more than that, but she goes to the projects with us every single week, and she prepares in life for things. She stocks things in case there's going to be a hurricane this year, okay? She's a person that doesn't just arbitrarily go hoard when there's a crisis so nobody else can buy toilet paper. This girl yesterday in the projects was taking her preparations that she has stored for her emergency and she was handing them out to people in the projects saying you need this more than I do now that is a person that has a heart for Jesus Christ and has a heart for taking care of people in need her stores are going to be gone and if we get a hurricane before this crisis is over they won't be filled back up but she cares more about other people than she does about stocking so these people here that are buying all their guns, these lefties that would never own a gun ever in the history of the world, and all of a sudden they're facing somebody might come in and steal from them, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. You need to be a prepper. You need to be prepared in life. All right? One of the things the Bible says is save for your children's children. children. That's right. Save for your grandchildren. Prepare. Be wise. Don't just hoard and suddenly panic when there's a little crisis like this. It'll be over before you can blow your nose. Well, maybe not that quick. You'll be blowing your nose, I'm sure, if you get the virus. But anyway, let's see here. Um, Click Orlando says, Florida governor orders all nightclubs, bars to close for 30 days due to coronavirus. That was a few days ago. They're all closed. The restaurants are still open. Most of them are doing takeout only. So if you want to go to my favorite Thai restaurant down the road, they are going to have takeout only. Go in, get your food, and take it home and eat it. Okay, or if you want to go to my favorite Korean restaurant, which is called, I always keep it right here because they're such nice Christian people. Shilla Korean restaurant, okay? They're up at the Sarasota Commons. And if you come to Sarasota, because we don't have any tourists here, you'll have a lot of free hotel rooms, okay? Go to Shilla Korean restaurant, get your takeout food from them, and you will be blessing them. And at the same time, you can't eat in their restaurant, okay? They're being precautious, um, just as the governor would say, so that we don't have to close the restaurants, okay? This is kind of a self-isolation of these people on behalf of the public, okay? Good stuff from them. And then finally, from the Superior Word News Service, Sarasota Beaches are closed. As of 6 o'clock yesterday morning, you cannot go to the beach. All of the parking spaces are blocked off. But 
if you live close to the beach or if you want to come stay at my house and then walk down to the beach, you can do that, okay? So you can still get to the beach, but they are closed officially and you can't park there. So from the Daily Wire. Here's why COVID-19 ravaged Italy while South Korea remained relatively stable. In South Korea, as of this writing, the current death toll for COVID-19 stands at 66. And you saw how bad it was getting so quickly a couple weeks ago, which equals about 0.06% of those infected. Almost nobody. Conversely, the death toll in Italy now tops 2,000, and it's way above that since this was written a few days ago, as the country's healthcare system quickly becomes overwhelmed, with nurses and doctors having to make difficult decisions regarding which patients to whom they will administer care. Now, one thing that I have seen in a couple of articles is that they are no longer going to care for people over 80, I think it is. They are going to allow them to die so that they can have the hospital space for other people. All that's going to do is increase the numbers exponentially because those are the people that die anyway. Right. Okay? it's They're not taking care of the people that should be taken care of. Anyway, we'll go on. Let's see here. Here's why the pandemic unfolded so differently in the two countries. Though testing is known to effectively reduce the risk of transmission, many experts are beginning to also associate more widespread testing with this statistic of greatest concern, survival from the disease. The connection seems straightforward. Consider two countries with large outbreaks. In South Korea, the rate of testing has been quite high, 3,692 tests per million people as of March 8th. It was a little while ago, but that was the last time they recorded that. And its mortality among those infected quite low, about 0.6 or 66 deaths at last count. By contrast, Italy tests about 826 people per million, and its mortality among those with diagnosed infection is about 10 times higher, with more than 1,000 people dead from the disease. As I said, these numbers are all over the place in this article. It's an old article. Though COVID-19 testing works to help prevent the spread of infection, as opposed to treating the infection, it cannot necessarily be correlated with fewer deaths and a relatively stable healthcare apparatus. In fact, much of South Korea's success in fighting this pandemic stems from several factors, including Italy's high senior population and high smoking rate. We were talking about smoking a minute ago. Don't smoke, okay, for women especially. According to a UN report in 2015, 28.6% of the Italian population was 60 years old or older. This compares to South Korea, where 18.5% of the population is at least 60 years of age. The impact of this disparity is quickly shown in the analysis of coronavirus deaths in each country. In Italy, 90% of the more than 1,000 deaths occur in those 70 or older. In South Korea, the majority, 30% of COVID-19 patients were in their 20s versus just 20% of 60-year-olds or older. The survival rate breaks strongly along gender lines as well in South Korea, where at least 62% of cases were reported among women. If China provides a window, the death rate among men currently stands at 4.7% versus just 2.8% among women. Women have it off in this one. None of this even accounts for the smoking rates in Italy among women. Smoking is another factor clearly associated with poor survival. Smoking rates are about the same between the two countries, 24% for Italians and 27% for South Koreans, but gender differences among smokers are widely different. In Italy, 28% of men versus 20% of women smoke, while in Korea, it is 50% of men and less than 5% of women. In other words, South Korea has an outbreak among youngish, non-smoking women, whereas the Italy's disease is occurring among the old and very old, many of whom 
were smokers. So there you go. Don't smoke and be a woman and you'll probably survive this outbreak, okay? Well, yeah, some of us can't do that. that. They what? You can control only half. Yeah, you can only control half of that. That's true. Bloomberg, 99, 99% of those who died from the virus had other illness, Italy says. 99%. Means if they got a common cold, they would have died anyway. 99% of these people that have died in Italy, and that's all the news is talking about is the death rate in Italy because it's the big country with this right now. They would have died Anyway, now I checked this out because I went to other articles to confirm this. You don't take just one source. I always do that with my articles. The new study could provide insight into why Italy's death rate at about 8% of the total infected people is higher than in other countries. The Rome-based institute has examined medical records of about 18% of the country's coronavirus fatalities, finding that just three victims or 0.8% of the total had no previous pathology. Only 3.3% of them. The rest of them had something wrong that they would have died from a common cold. Almost half of the victims suffered from at least three prior illnesses and about a fourth had either one or two previous conditions. More than 75% had high blood pressure, about 35% had diabetes, and a third suffered from heart disease. So if you're already in bad shape, this is going to kill you just like the flu will. Anytime we have somebody in this congregation that gets the flu, I worry, especially if they're over a certain age and they have some pre-existing condition because that's what happens. I've got my mom waving at me there. She's waving. In other words, it's me. It's me. Oh, I always worry about them. I don't worry about the younger people as much. There's a chance they might die. And plus, we don't have many young people in the congregation. I think maybe Mark, how old are you? Oh, you're way older than me. I'm the youngest guy here for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, he's taking good care of you. You look like you're 20, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here from Reuters, five statewide stay-at-home orders, 31% of the U.S. economy. It's now six, but five states stay at home. You can't leave your home at all, okay? And guess what? I said this on a post on Facebook yesterday, and a couple people were upset about it. They're all liberal states. They are setting the precedent to shame all the other states into, well, you didn't close and you had people dying and it's your fault, Okay. They are doing this on purpose. There is a liberal agenda in this. The MSN is out there promoting this virus like it's no end. There's no end to it, and yet there's an end to it, okay? World meter, here it is. I do this every single week. I've done this since long before this became a crisis. Everybody knows this. Week after week, I've reported the flu. When this started to come out, I've been reporting it every week. Here we are. The world numbers as of 12 p.m. yesterday, okay? I didn't do it this morning. I didn't have time, so I just left at 12 p.m. yesterday. Coronavirus, total number in the whole world, and it's higher than this now. I checked this morning, it's up to 300,000 something, but total in the whole world of coronavirus cases, 287,000 as of 12 p.m. yesterday, 12,000 dead, 93,000 recovered. The United States has 19,459 cases, 263 dead. And we have closed down the economy and we have spent over $2 trillion of our tax money on this. Here we go. Florida, 563 with 11 dead. Flu. This is the flu. In contrast to the coronavirus, which is much more lethal so far, if you take the numbers actually as they are. World, 64,000 dead. Once again, this is the third week in a row. I cannot give you an up-to-date number because they don't want to report on it anymore. That's a three-week-old number. It's probably up over 100,000 dead from the flu, okay? In the United States alone, 
not the whole world, in the United States alone, we have between 36 and 51 million cases of the flu. Once again, three weeks old because I can't get an updated number. And the coronavirus in the United States is 19,000. And in the whole world, it's 287,000. 51 million to 287,000. I'd say there's a problem with what's being reported out there. Okay. Hospitalized in the United States alone with the flu, 370 to 670,000 cases as opposed to 19,000 cases in the United States. And then from the flu, between 23,000 and 55,000 dead from the flu. People have taken this way out of hand. I'm not trying to dismiss this at all. Everybody keeps saying that to me. You're, you're taking this too lightly and you're being a danger. That's not true. I'm reading the numbers to you that are out there. I'm one to report things. I'm not into sensationalism. You know me. I'm not going to talk about the dating of the rapture. I'm not going to talk about any sensationalist issue. It's something that's a fact. I will report on it because that's what I believe is my responsibility is to just report facts. All of the things that we talk about that are suppositions don't help anything. Okay. Zero hedge. This is really sad. Coronavirus outbreak. Kentucky Fried Chicken suspends its finger-licking good slogan amid coronavirus outbreak. Because it's finger-licking. Because it's finger-licking good. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, there you go. Sad news. That's our end of our Revelation plagues for today, and we're going to go into morality. Okay. In the morality section, I would like to tell you what I was going to tell you at the beginning of this. I hope you got your pencil and your paper ready. If you want to make $10 an hour, from home, because they no longer want these people to go out and canvas. These people on the Susan B. Anthony list have been knocking on doors to tell people about why they should vote conservative, okay? If you want to now be able to do that from your home and make $10 an hour, because I understand people are laid off, you want to get pro-life candidates selected, please call this number for info, okay? You, he will call you back. This is not going to be something somebody picks up. He has to get your call, and when he gets your call, he will call you back. 941-227-7511. If you're in Florida, now this may or may not apply outside of Florida, but this is Florida, okay? Give him a call if you're outside of Florida, and he can at least give you information possibly to the Susan B. Anthony, or he can just look it up online and call whatever number they have. But for people in Florida, if you want a canvas in Florida to get conservative people elected and to end the atrocity of abortion, call this number and you can make $10 an hour, okay? There's a system set up. You just sit down, do it, it monitors you, and it's that easy. So thank you for that. Our morality section today, 941-227-7511, uh, okay? That's what you do. When you uh, do a commercial, you always say the number like three or four times. Very good, because it reminds people, oh, I need to write that down. Okay. Our morality section from the Daily Caller, Pornhub offers quarantined Italians free premium porn during coronavirus. This is their priority over there in Italy when they have people dying and they're worried about their coronaviruses to offer free porn. Our other section today from Zero Hedge, COVID-19 and the sun, a lesson from the 1918 influenza pandemic. Okay, I'm not into sensationalism. I'm not going to report on anything that cannot be verified. This is something that was verified in 1918, and they used it up until the day of antibiotics. If you think you've caught the coronavirus, this is something that has been proven to be effective. Okay, until you go to the hospital and check in, this will help you. Okay, that's why I'm reporting on this. This is your public service announcement for the day. 
Before I do that, I read from Dr. Bridges, who's not here. They are quarantined. They cannot come. But he sent me an email yesterday or two days ago, maybe. And he said that if you want to know in advance if you have coronavirus, because it's like a 10 or a 14 day period before it actually takes you down. If you want to know in advance, simply every morning, wake up and take a deep breath. And if you can't hold that breath and it feels like you're going to start coughing, you may have coronavirus early on. And that way you can go and get it treated early. Okay. You're not going to get the symptoms right away, but what happens is it starts infecting your lungs and your lungs start degrading. And once it gets to such a point that your body can no longer handle it, you start getting a fever and other things will affect you because your body's trying to fight off this infection. So every morning, wake up, take a deep breath. And if you can hold it for 10 seconds, you are probably fine. Take And Jim did a great opening today. I recommend people on this Prophecy Update watch his opening because he talked about other things that will help you as far as knowing if you got coronavirus and what to do about it and especially how to avoid it. So there you go. Okay, but this is common sense. It should apply with the flu. It should apply with every aspect of our life anyway. Okay, but here we go. This is a proven effective method to help you with this particular problem. Fresh air, sunlight, and improvised face masks seem to work a century ago, and they might help us now. Records from the 1918 pandemic suggest one technique for dealing with influenza, little known today, was effective. Some hard-won experience from the greatest pandemic in recorded history could help us in the weeks and months ahead. Put simply, medics found that severely ill flu patients nursed outdoors recovered better than those treated indoors. A combination of fresh air and sunlight seems to have prevented deaths among patients and infections among medical staff. There is scientific support for this. Research shows that outdoor air is a natural disinfectant. Fresh air can kill the flu virus and other harmful germs. Equally, sunlight is germicidal, and there is now evidence it can kill the flu virus. Well, one of the reasons is if you're in the sun, your body does what? It gets hot, and this cannot survive in a heated environment. One of the things that Jim talked about was drinking hot fluids if you have a flu or a coronavirus. It helps kill that within you. So your body's heating up because you're out in the sun, okay? Equally, sunlight is germicidal, and there is now evidence that it can kill the flu virus. During the great pandemic, two of the worst places to be were military barracks and troop ships. Overcrowding and bad ventilation put soldiers and sailors at high risk of catching influenza and the other infections that often followed it. As with the current COVID-19 outbreak, most of the victims of so-called Spanish flu did not die from influenza. They died from pneumonia and other complications. When the influenza pandemic reached the East Coast of the United States in 1918, the city of Boston was especially badly hit. So the state guards set up an emergency hospital. They took in the worst cases among sailors on ships in Boston Harbor. The hospital's medical officer noted that the most seriously ill sailors had been in badly ventilated spaces. So he gave them as much fresh air as possible by putting them in tents. And in good weather, they were taken out of their tents and put in the sun. At this time, it was common practice to put sick soldiers outdoors. Open air therapy, as it was known, was widely used on casualties from the Western Front and it became the treatment of choice for another common and often deadly respiratory infection of the time, tuberculosis. Patients were put outside in their beds to breathe fresh outdoor air, or they were nursed in cross-ventilated wards with their windows open day and night. The open-air regimen remained popular until antibiotics replaced it in the 1950s. Doctors who had 
firsthand experience of open air therapy at the hospital in Boston were convinced the regimen was effective. It was adopted elsewhere. If one report is correct, it reduced deaths among hospital patients from 40% to about 13%. According to the Surgeon General of the Massachusetts State Guard, he said the efficacy of open air treatment has been absolutely proven and one has only to try it to discover its value. Patients were treated outdoors, were less likely to be exposed to the infectious germs that are often present in conventional hospital wards. I will say this, I say it every time I go for a hospital visit, and because we have an old congregation, I go for a lot of hospital visits, and it's a real small church, but I say it every time. If you want to get sick, go to the hospital. They were breathing clean air in what must have been a largely sterile environment. Significantly, the rates they identified are the same ones that cross-ventilated hospital wards with high ceilings and big windows were designed for. But by the time the scientists made their discoveries, antibiotic therapy had replaced open-air treatment. Since then, the germicidal effects of fresh air have not featured in infection control or hospital design. Yet, harmful bacteria have become increasingly resistant to antibiotics, something we report on quite a few times each year. Putting infected patients out in the sun may have helped because it inactivates the influenza virus. It also kills bacteria that causes lung and other infections in hospitals. During the First World War, military surgeons routinely used sunlight to heal infected wounds. They knew it was a disinfectant. What they didn't know is that one advantage of placing patients outside in the sun is that they can synthesize vitamin D in their skin if sunlight is strong enough. This was not discovered until the 1920s. Low vitamin D levels are now linked to respiratory infections and may increase susceptibility to influenza. Note, please go buy some vitamin D. Just have it on hand and take one pill a day and that's all you need. You don't need to take 50 and get some type of whatever and die from it just be reasonable but get some vitamin d one bottle lasts you forever so please don't hoard and that will help you and also go out in the sun doctor and mabel i know you're watching right now make sure you walk outside of your house in the grass and pick fresh flowers okay it'll be good for you all right what's that no shoes we don't no shoes okay fox news you know it's this is just such a disappointing and yet promising thing at the same time Oh, no, that's not the article I was going to read. I was going to read something else about Trump. It was about how great the economy was, and then eight minutes later it was down, so I changed it with this. Okay, (laughs) Fox. Trump secures GOP presidential nomination with Tuesday's primary victories, setting a record for turnout for an incumbent president. And he didn't just set a record. He blew that record away. It was like 300,000 to 1.2 million or something. This is why they want this coronavirus to continue. This is why the mainstream media, and I said this weeks and weeks, months ago, okay? That is not speculation. I'm not into speculation. I'm not into all of that goofy stuff, sensationalism. It is obvious. It was obvious at the beginning. Get rid of money, okay? I've got an article coming up on that next week unless it gets preempted. Getting rid of money. I've had people email me up north and they tell me that that's all they talk about. Nobody wants to take money at all anywhere, okay? Getting rid of money, getting rid of President Trump, and stopping the populist agenda. That is the main drive. Everything else is secondary to that, okay? China has worked this out for its own benefit. And as I said, their economy can take this punch because their people know how to save money. Americans don't. And because of that, we've got this this unbalance between the two societies. The 
older generation of China always saves between 40 and 50% of their pay. The new generation saves 20% of their pay. That still happens today in China. Americans save from paycheck to paycheck. That is how we have always, because we always figure it's going to continue on. We do not have the resources to rebound the way China does. And they set this up. That's not speculation. That is obvious as the nose on your face. Okay, there we go. Fox News. Here's one one uh, title only on the issue I just mentioned. As I said, I may have an article on it next week. Businesses banning banknotes, asking customers to use credit and debt cards. This is an agenda. This is an agenda. Okay. The Bible says that we would have a system where nobody could buy or sell. And you can't do that if people have banknotes stuffed away. I got a lesser here for you. We'll see if you can figure out which article we were talking about. Only if there is no other race, a vaccine can develop a trace. From the Jews we will buy if no other will try, says Iran with a blush on their face. Very well done, Les. Okay, I got three ironies for you here. I call this Corona irony. From the Hill. Robberies by suspects wearing medical masks reported in multiple states. So now they've got a real problem because everybody's masked up. From Mail Online. World's most hygienic fair dodger. You know, in uh, New York, they all dodge the fair. They jump over the turnstiles and they were told not to arrest these people anymore. They're allowed to dodge the fairs and nobody can do anything about it. The police are not to arrest them. But this guy took it to an extreme. They got him on a video. World's most hygienic fair dodger. New York City man puts on his latex gloves and sprays the subway ticket machine with disinfectant before jumping the gate in the battle against coronavirus. He sprayed everything around him and then jumped over it. Yeah. And then from Fox, coronavirus emergency, Oregon police asked people to stop calling 911 because they ran out of toilet paper. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.